Two normal toads saving the world with an Adam Sandler podcast. It may not be the first, nor the second, third, or fourth, but it's definitely a podcast. Ladies, gentlemen, and gender-neutral fans all across the globe, welcome to the fourth Adam Sandler podcast. Okay, today we're talking about uh, the movie Grown Ups. Woo. Uh, should we talk about the quarantine at all? <laughs> you want to talk about? Okay, we don't know where when this will come out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we have no control over Ooh, that. That's it, kind of intense. I all of wish our... that you hadn't said that. I didn't think about it like that. What? <laughs> no, when this episode will come out. Yeah. yeah. We don't know when this episode will come out. We are actually it could filming be this the far from, future. We're we're miles away right now, quarantining yeah. and Oh yeah, we're not in the same room. Absolutely not. Yeah. So no worries there. Practicing we're, I'm in my isolation distance, distance. isolation chamber. My like airtight isolation chamber. Absolutely. Uh yeah, I have all my groceries delivered by drone. And I have three hours worth of air. Yeah. <laughs> Send so for help. I hope this thing better get wrapped up. Yeah, I don't know how to exit the and chamber. And I broke my fucking drone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't... So, yeah, so uh, hopefully when it comes out, uh, everyone is still quarantined. Yeah. <laughs> Actually. Uh, if, that way whenever it's topical. This episode, yeah, when it, no, whenever this episode comes out, I mean, it'll only be a couple weeks. I know... It is now March twenty uh, fifth, twenty sixth over here. Uh, so if this comes out on uh, April first or April third or whenever, and probably more like April tenth, I'm being <laughs> I'm giving myself too much credit. Uh, but if this comes out in April and uh, you're hearing, oh maybe it's safe to come out of my house now. Maybe we can start going out and having uh, meetings and groups and stuff yeah. again, as some may tell you you should do uh you should ignore those people you should stay at home because there's no fucking way that uh we're gonna be like at the peak or at, we're gonna be on the other side of this in two weeks yeah there's, there's where we no, are now there's no way um, <laughs> yeah it's just if, not like, gonna happen even if it's starting to that would be an awful time to <laughs> mm-hmm. even if yeah. we've somehow reached a peak by then which is i think just impossible um mm. Yeah, that would be a really, really that bad thing to do. So don't listen to people who say to go out. Instead, stay in mm-hmm. and listen to this episode and then mm-hmm. all of the other episodes we've and done. All the other episodes, And yeah. I would guess that once you've listened to all the of those, time. it'll be September or October, and yeah. then you'll be ready to go outside. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am also realizing now that people potentially will listen to this and even beyond the in the into the future they aren't necessarily going to listen to this day comes out so even if this is like two years from the year right now is 2020 if this is two years from now i still have to recommend (laughs) that you stay inside if this is five years from now you don't know 10 20 30 yeah there could be anything out there so please stay inside follow the uh, guidelines that respected health professionals doctors scientists are giving you uh, and maybe not some of these uh, dubious recommendations from others uh, that want you to go outside for their own nefarious uh, purposes. Yeah. Probably. Because they've been taken over by Corona. 
the coronavirus. Yeah. That's how you know. Look in their eyes. The body do they snatchers. have the little? Does do they have a little beach mm-hmm. on the inside of their eyes? They're infected with the coronavirus, <laughs> and uh, you should not listen to them. <laughs> Why a beach? Because the life's a beach, or find your beach, or whatever. Corona. Oh, okay. The beer. Yes. Okay. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, I should have gotten no that. One, that's good. You would have gotten you would have gotten that like a month ago when people were first kind of becoming aware of the coronavirus. Yeah. Or maybe two months ago and everyone was making that joke. But uh, at this point everyone's too scared of it, so everyone's like when they think corona, no one thinks about the beer anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I bet the yeah, so sorry. <laughs> I bet the beer uh, I bet Corona the company is really kicking themselves in the foot right now or whatever they say. The ass kicking themselves yeah. for uh Naming their brand Corona. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like SARS juice drink. Like, ugh, oh gosh. Bad, bad call. <laughs> yeah. What were they thinking? <laughs> Nobody knows. Anyway, sorry to derail. I just, oh, yeah. I got to talk about it to everybody I talk to. So, yeah. And I'm techn- I guess I'm just talking at uh, the yeah. people. We're just talking at the people, but I'm talking yeah. to you. So, yeah. So, grown ups. Um, you want to give us a little summary of that one? Okay. All right. In Grown Ups, uh, there are five different... Uh, okay. Adam Sandler plays a guy, family man. Uh, so he's a Hollywood agent, I believe. Uh, and he has friends... You're, you're and, killing it right now. Yes, yeah, I know. go, go, I know. go, yes. Um, okay, so Adam Sandler and his buds, uh, his childhood friends, who include Chris Rock, Rob Schneider, um, Kevin James, uh, David Spade. Yep. All of them, uh, they were childhood friends. Uh, they used to play on a basketball team together uh, through a very inspirational coach who said, you gotta give it your all. You gotta play life until the final buzzer. Yeah, Coach Buzzer uh, was actually his name. Oddly. His name was Coach Buzzer. Yeah, it's a coincidence uh, that the Buzzer family uh, named him Mel Buzzer, uh, and then he became a basketball coach. A weird coincidence. Yeah. But um, uh, he passes away, uh, and so they all reunite to go to his funeral. And as part of this, they also, them and their families, uh, decide to stay in a cabin uh, in the woods. Uh, not to fight zombies. Damn it. So close, fact, though. But so I close. Know. But in fact, to um, reconnect with each other, uh, reconnect with their families, uh, and just have a good time, basically. Yeah. Just go on a little vacation. Uh, and that is about the movie Grown Ups. Yeah, that's about it, man. I yeah. I never thought about how badass it would have been if if you know, thirty five minutes into this movie or whatever, it became a zombie survival. That would have been so cabin cool. In the woods actually, flick. god damn, right? I would have loved that. Like, and it could dude, still could have like been Kevin funny. James all freaking all freaking out. And yes. He's just like, oh, I don't. Know. How are you supposed to kill a zombie? But then yeah, raging like, and like ripping them apart. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn it! Damn it! Okay, yeah. maybe Grown Ups Four will. I'll try to <laughs> Please. push for that. Yeah. Damn, that'd be really cool, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you pretty much covered it. Um, 
the so the opening you know similar to uh oh it was anger management that had the kind of flashback he opening where he's a kid that, yes, and it shows yes. him being embarrassed and in this opening uh, the five act, lead actors as kids are uh, playing a, in a basketball tournament they win the tournament it's 1978 um, and then um their coach, you know, gives them that inspiring speech you mentioned. And then it jumps forward to everybody kind of living their lives. They've all separated, you know, they don't really, they stay in touch a little bit, but it's not like they're close or anything. And then they, um, they, they get together for this, for this, for this weekend trip and, uh, got a lot of things going on. So like, um, like you said, Adam Mm -hmm. Sandler is an agent. He's married to, um, Sama Hayek. Hayek, yeah, Sama Hayek, Sama Hayek, Hayek, but I don't yeah. know what her, her character's name was. Um, That's okay. But yeah, so he's he's married to Selma Hayek. She's um, a, a designer, and his kids are very obviously very privileged and uh, really spoiled, and um, just take advantage of everything. And they have a nanny, and just very very rich. They call him Hollywood. I think they've always called Adam Sandler's character Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, but definitely he's 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 a big shot um kevin yeah. james is like doing some kind of like uh car salesman type stuff but uh he's married has some kids his his he has a, a daughter who's like almost a teenager and then a little boy who is four years old but still breastfeeding uh chris rock is a stay-at-home dad uh with two you know probably like you know 11 or 12 year old kids um and not a great cook and also just kind of feels it seems like kind of emasculated by the whole situation where his wife is uh taking care of him and his his wife's mother um mocks him a lot and then david spade is like a uh an old rocker dude who you know just never really moved on to like the domestic life like all of his friends did and then rob schneider's character is more of this like well, he seems like somebody who's had so he's had multiple marriages, and it seems like each marriage he has, he kind of models himself after his wife. So his wife is very into like new agey type stuff, and so he's into the same kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you have all of these guys coming together in the cabin, but you also have all of their families too. So it's a huge, you yeah, know, huge group of people in this in this house. Um, I think they call that a. Do they call that a? A chamber film. Oh, where I don't know. you know, it's like most of That's it neat. takes place in. Yeah, yeah. Ing- Ingmar Bergman did a lot of those, I think, or, or mm-hmm. you know, was well known for for his chamber films. Um, mm-hmm. So this is this is kind yeah. of a joke, but I don't really know enough about it to really land, you know, punch the joke uh-huh. into its proper place. But yeah, ensemble film also. Oh yeah. Uh, and um, I think uh, we should. I, I feel like the the men in the movie are the um, stars, basically. They're the wow. marquee okay. stars. But what I was gonna say is that um, I think the uh, the women actresses, also the wives, they get a lot of like screen time too. They do. They get yeah. a lot of punchlines. They get a lot. They get their own stories and stuff. Uh, so just to run through, uh, it is Selma Hayek. Uh, as Roxanne Fetter, I'm reading off Wikipedia okay. right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, Maria Bello as Sally Lamonsoff, which is uh, 
uh, Kevin James's family, and then Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Uh, SDN McKenzie, and she's of course from SNL, um, and uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Bridesmaids. Yeah, she, I mean she's yeah she's a comic actress in her own yeah, right. Yeah, she's super oh, and funny. she's in the good, very recently the Good Place. Oh, okay, still haven't watched good. that. Yeah, um, yeah. and then uh, Joyce Vanna Patton is Gloria Noonan. Hilliard, Hilliard, uh, and I think that's uh, Rob Schneider's uh, significant other or wife. Yes, that's right. In the movie, and she uh, is not a familiar name to me, but I think based on this, she's actually oh, she's has a huge uh, history. She's seen Twilight Zone, The Odd Couple, a lot of TV shows, Jack Benny, Hawaii Five O, Gunsmoke. A lot of funny stuff. She seems like somebody who a lot of has like a both. yeah, who had like good comedic timing and, and delivery mm, andy griffith bob newhart but she's also on law and order the sopranos i mean i assume wow. these are like okay. yeah. kind of one episodes or like a few episodes yeah but um yeah she and then, was a star of mary tyler moore the mary tyler moore hour oh she's mary tyler I moore think is, is she was a star okay she's one of the stars okay. <laughs> she was she played mary tyler moore. <laughs> no, she actually played michael keaton can you <laughs> Weird little fact people don't know. Wow, that's amazing. She was yeah. one of the Michael Keatons in Multiplicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was one of the. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Is that the second um, time we've talked about the movie Multiplicity on this? I don't know because I talk about it fairly often. Yeah, you do. But, uh, I don't know. I don't actually remember talking about it in this podcast. Okay. So maybe some of our uh, our uh, fearless listeners who are. Uh, keeping track of this stuff as i know yeah. you all are writing down every illusion yeah. we make in this yeah. our our, yeah. our opus <laughs> those who are yes uh well someone's got to be keeping track of this so for the wiki yeah for that sandler wikia yeah which i haven't even looked up recently <laughs> but i'm sure it's yeah, doing well, well. Uh-huh. um yeah we also have a lot of so um just some other people who show up in in the movie college mm-hmm. so um one of the yeah. big plot points is you know they won that basketball game back in 1978 but it was a kind of con- a slightly contested win because one of the kids was saying that lenny's foot was over the line on the game winning shot mm-hmm. um okay which they point you know in the flashback they pointed it out and like made a reference to it and so i thought is this supposed to be a joke about the big lebowski like i couldn't figure out why they would have that in there and then, of course, an hour later, you realize, oh, that kid is all grown up, still holds a grudge. He's played by Colin Quinn, from uh, who I knew from SNL. He did the Weekend Update uh, for a while. Um, but he's played by Colin Quinn, and they want he wants to, a rematch. He wants to play them mm-hmm. again. And so one of the, I mean, I guess really the big kind of like plot point that you know comes to a climax and gets some closure is that. Um, is that the the five guys replay a basketball game with Colin Quinn and his team teammates who and his teammates include Tim Meadows, uh, Steve mm-hmm. Buscemi, um, who uh, oh well I guess he's not a, technically a teammate because he uh, injures himself and can't mm-hmm. play but and then um, it, on the Wikipedia it said Norm Macdonald was also in it I don't know if he's a he says he's geezer <laughs> geezer okay I don't, I don't know okay well. Uh, I, it didn't stand out to me, so I wasn't sure. Um, or, you know, I, I, it, it's listed here, but I wasn't sure. 
Yeah, so, um, so, uh, yeah, yeah that's grown-ups. And, and, uh, hey, hold on. Okay, go ahead. Jonathan, didn't we talk about this guy, Jonathan Lagren? Yeah. He's also one of, yes. I think he's one of the teammates, and I recognized him, finally. I was like, cool. isn't that guy in some of these Adam Sandler movies? Yes, he is. <laughs> he's in this one, too. Also, the, well, kind of co- wish, go, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I wish we had established a bit where he's the one we always forget about because it's true, but I remember him now. <laughs> then I spent all that time trying to pronounce his name. and Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Blake Clark is also in it. He plays Coach Buzzer, um, and I remember him because he's the assistant coach in Waterboy, mm-hmm. and okay. he uh, is also, I believe he's a football coach, or he's the football player's dad or something in... Um, Mr. Deeds. Okay. So yeah, he's been in some. He's oh been in a, yeah. He's been in a few. I remember him. Uh, great guy, probably. He's in a little Nicky. He plays Jimmy the Demon. Um, yeah. He plays he plays the Radio Shack walkie talking Eight Crazy Nights. I'm just going from memory. Fifty First Dates. He's Marlon Whitmore. Um, in Car Babes, he's Big Len Davis. He's also a crazy homeless but man. The, I now pronounce you Chuck. And is Larry. he the dad? Is he the dad and? Fifty first dates. Yeah, I think so. Sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, part of the crew. Yeah. It's crazy because in Grown Ups Two, he's he's also in Grown Ups Two because he comes back to life, and uh, that's when they make the zombie. The oh film. my it's god! It's fucking crazy. But they have to kill their coach again. Yeah. He's like the zombie king. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, your he's like, heart felt first reunion awoke me <laughs> it's fucking crazy yeah it's like uh play after the buzzer as well. <laughs> or something. I don't know. yeah exactly the buzzer's still buzzing buzz <laughs> yeah. I, I went to hell <laughs> all i heard was a buzzer <laughs> there's buzzers everywhere I had to. And I was like, I'm going to escape. I had to kill Satan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the most fucked up film ever. <laughs> yeah, but really good. P.T. Anderson and Adam Sandler combined, you know, joining forces again to just make something really off the wall. It's it's great. Um. Yeah. So. I um. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Um. I'm in like a, uh, I'm in my apartment right now, and uh, so I turn the, the air conditioning off. It's like gonna be 90 degrees today down here in uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah. First reveal. That's where I'm at. Ah. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. So stay away, <laughs> listener. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to deal, I don't want to deal with you right now. We're in quarantine, but um, uh. Yeah, but it's hot, and uh, I turned the cooler off. I'm a little worried my computer is getting hot, though. I might need to turn it on, and let's have to put up with the little noise. Cause, oh, okay. Uh, I realized that is the windows it, um... in my apartment uh, don't actually open. <laughs> cool. <laughs> which is, which is makes me feel better. Yeah. I don't want a little a little corona bug trying to that's true sneak its yeah. way through by opening the window. Yeah. But, the other uh, bad part about the windows is that they're just drywall. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you can't see through them. Yeah. 
that's a real problem. The, the two big things I like about Windows, yeah. these Windows don't have. <laughs> yeah. So I might um, turn that yeah, on. Yeah, so give it a shot and maybe we'll see how how it's, bad. Okay, yeah, I'm going to do is. that now and see if we can cool this. If that doesn't work, you can always up. Yeah, if that doesn't work, you can always just kind of soak your laptop in cool water. Yeah. So, we'll I see. know that's a good way to do it, too. Yeah, so there'll be a little bit of a fan in the back, but uh, yeah, I don't really mind that. That's kind of nice, actually, kind of soothing. Yeah, we could go like on our outro. We could just do like let that kind of play out and oh, yeah. drift off to sleep. Would have been great for yeah. bedtime stories. It's not That's super true. topical here, but yeah, well, yeah. Um, right. so yeah, so, one of the, I think one of the yeah. things I I noticed and got really excited about in the movie was. Um, the fact that it felt like they were just really uh so we talked last episode about ad-libbing in scenes where it's just like okay the scene is you guys are reuniting but you can do whatever you want and say whatever mm-hmm. you want and so mm-hmm. what they're doing uh, for a lot of the time in like the first half hour of the movie hour of the movie uh, half hour of the movie is they're just mocking each other they're just mm-hmm. like they, they, yeah. they're like oh hey yeah. how's it going it's like oh wow i didn't realize you'd gain so much weight or you know yeah. um wow you look like i don't know a, an oompa loompa or whatever they're like saying uh, their various jokes and yeah um and i i really liked that uh that kind of setup for the movie where it's like we're just going to get together we're going to make this movie we have the basic plot points otherwise let's just make fun of each other a bunch mm, like let's just yeah. tease each other the whole time and like yeah. try to one-up each other on jokes uh-huh. and so there were times where you could tell it was like chris rock you know, hits Adam Sandler with something, uh-huh. and then Adam Sandler like kind of laughs it off, and then uh-huh. has to come up with something to say to yeah. Chris Rock. And it felt very uh, spontaneous. It felt uh-huh. very, very much like on the spot humor. Yeah. Uh, which it did. At yeah. least in the first half hour, was like a really exciting, refreshing uh-huh. thing to see, and um, definitely kept my interest. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. I think that that is probably how they're making this movie. I know it does have a script, but I don't. I would guess that it was ad-libbing a lot. Um, and some of my favorite moments in the movie actually come from, uh, well, I think that my guess, so Chris Rock does a little bit. He throws in every now and then some more like Chris Rock style uh, kind of race humor. Yes, yeah. Which, is, which I, I kind of liked because otherwise there isn't anything like that in the plot of the movie, which is fine i guess it's not really a movie about anything like that but um there's one part man i i, I should have looked this up they're dancing to some song in the cabin this is actually a line from uh my uh rudolph yeah uh, and she says something like he's just, he's just saying i think chris rock says something like can i just dance to the song with with, with my, my fine ass wife, wife yes. or something yeah and uh yeah maybe it is beautiful but uh and she says yeah, to the whitest song ever. I feel yeah. like that's got to be ad-libbed. <laughs> Maybe not, but... And I feel like she probably ad-libbed that, and I liked that. And there's another part where, during the basketball game, Chris Rock and Tim Meadows are, like, they're guarding each other, and they're kind of riffing about being like, hey, I'm the black guy that grew up in this town. You're the other black guy. And then he's like, no way, you're the other black guy. I'm the black guy people are scared of me when I walk into the Walmart or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little bit more like, it's a little bit more pointed 
in sort of a uh, Chris Rock uh, bringing race up to the attention for sure way and, and it, I, I don't know I liked it I thought it was funny and I felt like it incorporated his own comedic voice into the movie uh, in a way that like was good because otherwise like why why have him in the movie why ha- yeah why have, <laughs> why any have anybody guys? In the, the same movie? way with uh, with Kevin James and like yeah. I you know I, I knew it would happen I just didn't know how mm-hmm. soon but I was like Kevin James physical comedy it's gonna happen before Kevin James even says anything, <laughs> yeah. he tries to climb out of the pool, his above-ground pool. It breaks, and he, like, spills out and just, like, goes sliding. Um, and then, you know, scrambles to get back up and runs over to the phone because his wife has said that his mother's on the phone. Mm-hmm. And he slips and falls again. Uh, so, yeah, like, before he sa- says a word, he's already doing his kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I don't know about David Spade and Rob Schneider, but I also don't. <laughs> I don't feel like their like comedy ethos to me is quite mm. as clear as uh, as yeah. Chris Rock's and Kevin James. Right. Um, so I mean, I guess Rob Schneider is doing a kind of character. He's not doing like an accent, but he's doing a type of character, and I would say he is like the closest to a caricature because he's this kind of like mm. new age guru type guy, yeah. or he's trying to be. His- yeah, that is kind of his thing. Yeah. He's just doing, is playing some kind of caricature, yeah. Yeah, and I guess David Spade is like Joe Dirt, but if but, Joe Dirt... Uh, yeah. Well, no, I guess like Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. If Joe Dirt wasn't as quite as nice, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe. Um, but yeah, so I really liked the setup, that, like kind of setup that they had, but I think one of the big reasons I liked it was that the the big opening I mean the opening scene is the the, the basketball game and the flashback mm-hmm. but the big scene of all of these characters together as adults is the funeral mm-hmm. and the fact that all of this humor is happening around what is typically supposed to be a very sad experience mm-hmm. I think made the humor heightened for me mm-hmm. especially when we actually get into the funeral mm-hmm. and people are making fun of each other and uh, Rob Schneider uh, is singing this. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't. I wasn't sure what language it was in. I didn't pay close enough attention. Maybe Italian. It sounds. Mm-hmm. Like it's very serious, sad like aria that he's singing mm-hmm. about you know, for Coach Buzzer, mm-hmm. and they're all laughing at him, all making fun of him and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like at the end when he's done singing, David Spade's like, and makes the buzzer sound. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Just that that. Uh, that scene was definitely my favorite moment in the movie, like that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was both like the newness of the approach to the comedy in the movie, which we, I feel like we haven't really seen that kind of thing before. And then um, also just the real, the awkward, the social awkwardness of like, oh, they're in a funeral and they're making mm-hmm. jokes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then after that, I felt different. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The movie continued after that. <laughs> it did, yeah. I thought it was just yeah. going to be the funeral and then done. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, but well, why don't you uh, why don't you keep going? Why why did you feel differently after that? <laughs> hmm. Are we ready for that yet? Yeah, I could I could try to get into it. Um, man, uh, I think a big thing was that 
Well, no, let's let's save it because I, I'm just gonna start getting into criticism. And oh, okay. We can maybe talk about a, a really funny moment you liked first, and then we can. Oh no, shit we already all did. Over this thing. <laughs> I thought we did. <laughs> the Chris Rock part. <laughs> the Chris Rock part. Yeah. Let me think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looked fun. <laughs> so actually, I have some trivia. Yeah. Let's that, hear. Uh, my trivia was that uh, I actually I read the IMDb trivia page for this. Good call. Uh, and that was a good call because sometimes things that people assume and that you just kind of want to go along with the assumption, uh, and then you if you actually look into it you realize that you're incorrect. I don't think we've been doing that good a job at that. Uh, no way. So my assumption would have been that they basically were like, hey, we want to have fun together. We want to have this vacation kind of. And also make a movie because that's what we do almost for fun, basically, yeah. uh, which I think is, for the most part, true. But uh, it was actually, um, it looks like such a beautiful sunny landscape. Uh, according to IMDb, it was actually gray and out- overcast during production. Oh. Uh, and yeah, so not actually, and they use special effects, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> to make it look uh, like sunny and nice. Uh, I was reading one of the scenes took like 15 hours to shoot oh. uh, and also uh, it was very it was cold so like in the scene I think when they're all on lawn chairs they actually had to have like an external or like they had to have some kind of heater set up because it was so cold uh, just stuff like that and it makes you like your assumption is like one of the criticisms that Sandler is like oh he just wants to go on vacation uh, he doesn't give a shit about the pro or the final movie that he's making he just wants to fuck off or whatever yeah it's like no he's like putting in work <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so he's doing he's making a movie can you yeah Maybe it doesn't match your vision of what you want a movie in it matches it my vision your, but, but yeah. yeah exactly yeah so um every time uh but yeah i don't know it looked fun it's fun to see uh people that seem to like each other making a movie together and I think uh, what, here I'll do the yeah um, I think my theory now my Adam Sandler theory is are we going to the anywhere no, or is this a, we're not going anywhere oh, okay. right now this is uh, this is going to be a zone free episode what? no it doesn't have to be I'm <laughs> I not, have I'm five of them you. lined I'm up hold so. you to that <laughs> No, I would never actually hold you to that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, after watching the um, Spirit Awards, my new I decided that I have a new respect for Adam Sandler in all of these movies uh, as him boldly making the kind of movie that he wants to make within the studio system, and he got successful enough to be able to make whatever kind of movie he wants but I think always throughout those there is this spirit of I'm going to make the kind of movie that I want, we're not going to take it seriously, we're not going to uh, I don't know, we're not going to resist our dumb, our dumbest <laughs> impulses, we're just going to throw yeah. it in there, if we yeah. think it's funny if we like it, if we want yes, to throw it, we're just going to throw a bunch of shit that we like into this movie, we like uh, some kind of lowbrow humor but nothing too like edgy that's what we like so we're just gonna make it we like being silly together so we're gonna make this movie um 
And after watching that, I decided that that is his way of displaying an independent spirit, uh, even while making movies that make uh, massive amounts of money. And, you, and that most people would write off as like, oh, that's just total uh, studio like committee coming together to make the schlockiest crap or whatever. And I think, no, I think he is realizing his artist, his independent, artistic, and unique voice within the studio system. Uh, but uh, it might not be to everyone's taste, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> but that was my little pitch for, oh, for Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> That you know, I've been I've taken a closer look at my son's macaroni art, and I know <laughs> it's not the best macaroni art, but there's something to this macaroni art. No, I agree. I think there's, yeah, I think it's just a totally different, it, yeah, we're coming at this obviously from a totally different background and being, for one, really interested in questions of aesthetics and mm-hmm. value in art, and for two, mm-hmm. having... Uh, very little success uh, in <laughs> anything I try to do artistically <laughs> except for the so, podcast that's right this is the only thing so yeah. I'm both uh, a really good critic and incredibly <laughs> bitter so <laughs> what do you which want is from how me, you Adam make the Sandler? best critics <laughs> that's right this guy really goes for it um, but no I like that um, I I agree I think that's I think that's right and like ultimately at the end of the day you do what you want to do and there's there's an element of there's an element to this work that really does resist compromising mm-hmm. as crazy as that sounds because this work is so mainstream and taps into yeah. something that millions of people yeah connect with on some like very what what I would call a very basic level mm-hmm. it is still it happens to also simultaneously be something where an artist is not compromising and, and trying to do something that he's interested in doing so you got to respect that um i think one of the big things <clears throat> in this film is that i mean one of the big themes is that it's about fatherhood like it's it's about mm. guys get you know five guys getting yeah. together but it's also about five husbands trying to navigate being fathers in a new world and trying to understand fatherhood and being husbands and that kind of thing <clears throat> and that's kind of a kind of a new theme for Adam Sandler movies like it feels like this is a really gr- like the the grown up version of the Billy Madison story where it was about the Billy Madison story and that repeated story throughout a lot of early Adam Sandler films was how do I grow up how do I mm-hmm. fulfill my destiny or come into my own as an adult and kind of take on the roles that I'm that I need to take on this is more like okay I've got those roles how do I actually do it to the best of my ability um, and thinking about that in re- relationship to Adam Sandler's life as like someone who has is a parent and is raising mm-hmm. kids and is trying to think about these things too, I think is really compelling. And then um, the the thing for me that like wraps it all up is at the very end of the film in the credits. If you oh. notice the the song oh. in the credits, hell yeah, I was gonna bring it up. I didn't think yeah, you would watch the credits, but I yeah. actually also watched this, and sweet. I almost didn't. I was almost turned it off, and then I was like, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit in the credits, see if there's any final, like, goofy thing yeah. or whatever. Well, I, I fell kind of asleep, it... like, I fell asleep, like, 45 minutes in, and I woke up <laughs> in the credits. So I can tell yeah. you a lot about the first 45 yeah. minutes and the credits, but that's it. 
Yeah, that's funny because uh, I actually just skipped uh, to the last part of the movie, so that's why I don't <laughs> know what happened at the beginning of it. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually like I was like, oh, maybe there's something kind of goofy at the end, like they all they all show up. Maybe there's bloopers. Maybe oh, they all show bloopers. up and do some final bits or something. But no, actually, do you want to say what's in the no, credits? No, go ahead. No, okay. Go ahead. Uh, so I was listening to it. They're playing some songs. Uh, I feel like the people that make these movies love the cultivating the soundtracks. Yeah. Some of the time. Some of the time you can tell that they are just... You can, I feel like you can tell when it's like, we're going to kind of let the studio figure out what the soundtrack is or let some other deciding factor shape yeah. the soundtrack. And when it's just like, the Adams, the Happy Madison team is like making the soundtrack, like, what was the one? I mean, they're all they're always thought out, which is interesting. Oh yeah, wedding the wedding 50, singer. I feel like is the yeah. most memorable for me. And yeah, that's, that's Teddy, which Teddy Castellucci mm-hmm. wasn't didn't do this one, um, but the guy who did this one did Bedtime Stories. You don't mess with the Zohan. Okay. Um, and now pronounce you Chuck and Larry and Click. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. I'm thinking of the like the songs that are put on it. So like, oh, okay. Mickey was all like uh, early 2000s like new metal type stuff. Yeah. I feel like that wasn't Adam saying they're like let's put new metal in it. I feel like that was just like a studio was like, this movie is for teenage boys. We're gonna put in music teenage boys like yes, Big yeah. Daddy. They put in like, kind of funky like, Everlast or like G Love and Special Sauce or something. I don't. I don't know which ones were actually in it. I think Everlast was. But they put in that kind of, like, like alt-rock, hip-hop type crossover yeah. music. And I feel like that was very popular at the time, but they were shooting for, like, this is a movie that a bunch of people will like. It's got, like, dumb peeing jokes, and it's also got some, like, family stuff in it, or I don't know. Wait, so, Little like, Nicky or like Grown Ups? Big Daddy. Oh, okay, Big Daddy, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> it applies but I to feel all like of those. when uh, when it's really the Happy Madison team, they always pick, like, 70s rock <laughs> that they like. Yeah, yeah. 70s, like, mainstream rock. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, um, yeah, that makes sense. I also just want to say, I feel like you're not saying it but speaking to a difference that i kind of just forgot which is that just because somebody does the score doesn't mean they have any say in selecting right. the the soundtrack oh, for sure, yeah uh, so like teddy castellucci doing the score doesn't mean teddy castellucci is actually selecting all this music for it he's just doing you know all that background scoring um for the for the movie mm-hmm. um okay yeah anyway, so <laughs> my story so anyway i heard this track come on the credits at first I was just like oh here's another like kind of gem from the 70s like album oriented rock did you dig it? oh yeah for sure I digged it and I was kind of like oh it's got kind of like maybe Warren Zevin or like whoever the guy a little bit like song Bad Bad Leroy Brown or something okay Uh, that kind of storytelling (laughs) yeah Yeah. well I was like the first like the first few lines of it Uh I was just like huh yeah, I haven't heard this song before. Right, I yeah. Dig this. What's, Me neither. What's going on here? I was like, is this a little gem from the '70s that I missed somehow <laughs> that I should put on my next uh, '70s playlist? Or like a uh, contemporary throwback to the '70s? I was honestly, mm-hmm. my brother's been showing me a lot of Silver Jewel Jews. Okay. And that was the 
band that I felt like it was most reminiscent of was okay. just like this dude kind of singing in his own voice, yeah. not trying to yeah. do anything special, and uh-huh. just like, uh, I'm just gonna sing this song for you. So, yeah, and I think during the line, I don't know, pretty quickly I was like, that's Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't even because the lines were starting to be kind of funny and odd. I actually did recognize his voice. I started, he has this really silly, like, almost like little Nicky voice that he does some songs on. Like, when he does the song, if anybody remembers the song Lunch Lady Land or whatever. Yeah. It's like, down in Lunch Lady Land. Like, yep. He does that kind of goofy voice, but he has like a, a real singing voice that pops up that he did on, uh, you can hear it on Eight Crazy Nights, you can hear it on when he's singing and funny people and I kind of recognized that voice so I was like that's fucking Adam Sandler yeah uh, and then I realized what the song was about what's it about <laughs> okay I think the song is called Stand the Man it's about uh, so it's about his father yeah so the whole song is a tribute to his father and about how he raised him and he raised him to kind of like I don't know just the values that he instilled on him a guy who's kind of like it's laid back maybe but also kind of traditional I don't know <laughs> yeah I mean it's just I mean it's honestly uh, yeah it's it's odd because like the very reasons I would criticize this movie are also the uh-huh. very reasons this movie was made and like it, mm-hmm. it is self-aware mm-hmm. about its values and what it's trying yeah. to do and so it feels yes. very strange to criticize something right. where it's like you know Oh Picasso, why'd you make the faces all weird? You know, why don't you make the faces normal? That yeah. would look a lot realer. It puts it put such a different spin on the movie where you want to just be like, oh great, here's just their tacked on like family yeah. values message, and then here's this really heartfelt song that tribute that Adam Sandler put to his father and the values of his father. Who uh, listeners of the show or also just people that follow Adam Sandler will know his father passed away in two thousand three, I think. Yeah. Uh, right around the time of Eight Crazy Nights. Right. Um, and so, and what also is interesting is that while I was watching the movie, I said to uh, Cynthia, I said, um, or we were talking about it, and we were kind of speculating about how uh, at some point he, uh, Adam Sandler, who for the, much of the 90s was making Billy Madison little Nicky, these movies that they're pretty crude and they're almost like bratty like adolescent guy humor um that almost they they have like a little tacked on message at the end but they almost resist all that uh and then at some point he sort of transitioned into making movies where it's like the moral of the story is something about fatherhood Mm -hmm. or something about putting your family first Mm mm-hmm uh, there's always been a little bit of family stuff. He always For sure. in the earlier movies he always has a parent that he's trying to aspire to. Yeah. And we're getting into right? A parent yeah. and now uh-huh. he's the parent. Uh-huh. Um anyway. So anyway it and we're kinda of speculating like Wait, are we about to cross know, the plane or are you just up? No no sorry. Uh he about how he grew up and had his own family. But then that makes it clear that one of the turning points also was uh probably uh the loss of his own father, uh, who we see here in the figure of Coach Buzzer, uh, also, who basically this starts off with a father figure passing away. Yeah. Um, 
And so it really makes it, uh, it puts a whole new light on this movie. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Fuck. Yeah. Um, is this art? Yeah, this is yeah. Um, So another thing, too, just real fast about that, uh, that we uh, missed, but uh, apparently at some point in 51st Dates, there's also... At the very end, he says, this movie is dedicated to my father, who taught me how to have a sense of humor or something. Um, I thought we mentioned that. Did we mention that? It was either that one or... I don't remember. I think we did. Yeah, I think we did that one. Um, I'm pretty sure we... There is a movie where that happens, and I know we talked about it. Okay. Um, I also know that we've mentioned this before, but because people might just be listening to this episode first, it's worth mentioning again that... Um, the Happy Madison sign at the beginning of each of the movies is actually, and it, it's like a golf club, a golf ball mm-hmm. hitting the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who pops up there is also Adam Sandler's dad. So that's a oh. picture of his father. Well, I didn't even of, know that. And all of the like opening Adam Sandler things. Oh, maybe I, we haven't talked about it before. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, now I'm worried it's not real. No, let's just assume it's real. I'm pretty sure that's okay. real. Uh, I you believe correct, you. You can correct me next episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's real for now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's in this universe. So, so the thing that's like super cool about this movie to me, separate from Adam Sandler or, uh-huh. or the or the humor or anything like that, is that that it's like a love letter to a father. And it's like yeah. um, you know, it's a movie about dads trying to be better dads. At the same, and and that's really like Adam Sandler's tribute to his own father. Um, I think that's awesome. I also think that was one of the biggest frustrations as I was watching the movie okay. was the feeling that I was um, watching a script that other fathers could follow mm-hmm. on how <clears throat> on how to be a middle class or upper middle class white father mm-hmm. and it's like these are the things you need to do and it, and it just kind of I mean it starts off very early with like the kids who aren't just spoiled but they really like video games and they never go outside go outside go do stuff yeah. and um it, it like has all of the aspects of fatherhood of like being more assertive in your relationship and being more um, uh, being kind of more commanding about your kids and what how your kids behave there's a moment where Kevin James finally is kind of like you know inspired enough to just say all right my son is no longer going to breastfeed I'm going to give him regular milk um, and then it also has kind of like the weird side of I, I think like middle class fatherhood or how I understand like middle class masculinity which is like oh you can like ogle young women and yeah. you know and talk to your buddies about them and stuff it's totally fine it's totally innocent as long as yeah. it doesn't go any further than just straight up like you know eye fucking them essentially yeah, yeah. Um, and even when it's like your friends like hot you know yeah. late teens early 20s daughters yeah uh, that's totally fine as yeah. you know you can look but you can't touch and yeah. it's just i mean yeah it's the fucking patriarchy <laughs> it's yeah. like, of course it's really it's going to be really frustrating uh to me but i boys um, will be boys yeah i just feel like growing up um you know growing up my mom i was a raised by a single parent so my mom Mm -hmm. was raised me most of my life and I always 
I feel like I've just kind of always had like a slightly different view on that kind of stuff and like how fathers impart wisdom to sons and uh, this movie was like just uh, doing all the shit I hate uh, when it comes to that Um, Mm. but I will say as I was talking about it I was kind of thinking about the fact that at the same time that it's having all of that stuff there is also a level of self-awareness in relation to that stuff Mm. and I'm not sure how to navigate that because there is a level of being assertive and stuff, but it's also, uh, it's not like Chris Rock goes and says like, I'm going to start working and you're going to stay at home and take care of the kids. It's nothing that extreme or, you know, ridiculous. Um, I think, I I don't know. I I think I don't want to just like make a blanket statement like this movie is, you know, a patriarchal piece of shit. I think it's, more complicated than that but I also think that there are some really weird kind of messages messages in it and I think I think what it's doing is it's not um, I mean so like millions of people watch this movie I think it the thing I was thinking about as I was watching it is it's not scripting behavior for like kids how kids should behave Mm -hmm. it's actually scripting behavior for dads so like every dad that watches that movie learns like it's like a template of how to behave as a father. Here are the yeah. acceptable things you should do. You should get your kids to go outside. You shouldn't let them, um, yeah. you know, play so many video games, and yeah. you shouldn't let them, you know, boss people around or yeah. wear certain clothes or et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. You, you know, you should be assertive. You should take control when it's time to do that. You, uh, you know, you yeah. should, and you should. You can also do all of these other dad things that dads do, and it's totally yeah. fine too. So, uh-huh. I just thought that was. For me, that was like a, a, a weird thing to kind of watch life being reproduced, social reality being reproduced <laughs> through this yeah. film in a way that mm-hmm. um, I don't really remember Adam Sandler's doing too, Adam Sandler films doing too much of. I mean, you know, Billy Madison, obviously, and a lot of these movies are about someone getting older and mm-hmm. coming into their own and accepting a role. And I yeah. think that's obviously scripting behavior too, but it's scripting behavior within a larger context of just zaniness and stupid stuff and really easy to ignore whereas for me Mm -hmm. a lot of this movie was just dads being dads here's how to be a dad yeah yeah for sure end rant yeah (laughs) yeah for sure and uh yeah this one this one felt uh yeah it felt kind of moral or there was like a moral message right up uh, until the end when here's the spoiler for the end uh, but he does Adam Sandler throws the game mm. he throws the big basketball game and lets Colin uh, Quinn win yeah uh, because he thinks you know this guy he could use a win in his life uh, it's and, a very uh, it's a very like yeah. drawn out moment where he has yeah. the ball and yeah. looks at Colin Quinn and like Colin Quinn's character is kind of like He's uh-huh. like sweating, like, oh God, what's going to happen? Yeah. And then he looks to the left at Colin Quinn's uh-huh. mean wife, who's like, yeah. She's also scared and she's uh-huh. you know, not sure what's going to happen. And he's realizing, like, I can make a better life for these people by throwing <laughs> this game. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. Yeah. No, no. I, uh, yeah. And I did, I actually like, I liked it um, that it went that route. Uh, but now you're, I'm thinking, I wasn't thinking about it as like, like 
prescriptive uh, behavior or like life lessons. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, oh, I'm glad they didn't just be like, and we have to win the big game too. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, now it's like, yeah, you're right. And there's there's a lesson in there. There's a lot of lessons in this. Or I don't know. There's Which, a part. Yeah, I, I, there's more about the end, but there's a part uh, where they're like on the dock, and they all the family little interpersonal dramas that have been happening throughout the movie they all just like wrap it up by being like here's something that i've realized which is that uh being in a relationship is tough but you have to uh you have to show up and communicate or something i don't know isn't it something like um, you know love actually means being really mean to each other it's kind of like that just yeah there's all sorts of like and they all wrap up everybody's drama just right there on the talk yeah. in like yeah. a really quick scene. It's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, shoot, what was I going to say? Um, oh, about about the basketball game. I think one of the, the questions I had when I was watching that was, is this supposed to be a moment of compassion or is this supposed to be a moment of pity? And for me, it felt like... Maybe there's not, and I don't know what the difference is between those two. And I don't know like the the like strict difference between these two terms. But when he decides not, when he decides to throw the game, is he acting compassionately toward these people, or is he acting out of pity, like seeing their stunted lives, seeing the fact mm-hmm. that they never got away, seeing the fact that they're mm-hmm. still living through this like the trauma of the 1978 basketball championship. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna throw this game to like save them. I don't know. It it felt um, the the whole idea of that last moment just felt very condescending. Now I think the idea of like we didn't win, that's okay. I think that's cool. I think that yeah. the movie could have just been they like, oh, Colin Quinn's yeah. yeah, Colin Quinn's team beat us. They wanted it more. Yeah, my dad. Yeah. You know, my son played me. Me and my son played Colin Quinn and his son because our other teammates were tired or whatever, yeah. and they beat us fair and square. And it was a great yeah. game, and we tried our best, and that's yeah. it. But instead, like the uh, son believes that, and the son has a really good takeaway mm-hmm. of like, "We'll get him next year, Dad." He's you know, yeah. he's he has he has learned through this. But it's like, well, what has mm-hmm. Lenny actually learned? Because it's still like I could win. I just didn't feel like it. Um, <laughs> I just yeah. felt like, uh, you know, throwing these guys a bone cause their lives yeah. suck so much. I kind of felt like in that last moment, the movie became a movie about class. Yeah. <laughs> like it had been just like this very insular, like middle-class life and middle-class values. And like, we're all these two parent families and we're all living together and, and this is our lives. And we have no real big issues like the biggest issue is our son's too old to be breastfeeding you know mm-hmm. our our dad stays at home but he doesn't cook but yeah. like there's no like real trauma or no, abuse or yeah. any you know substance abuse or anything like that but but then at the at the in that moment you know he looks over at, you know at Colin Quinn and his 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 uh-huh. wife and you can just tell they're supposed to be like from the other side of the tracks or the wrong yeah. side of the tracks or whatever for sure yeah and is he yeah, like just, a, a cook at the bar or something? yeah he's a cook at the at the yeah. restaurant bar place um, yeah. she's really mean you can tell that yeah. she's really mean there's a scene with her and his son i don't know his, his son just has like a cut off t-shirt the first time you see him i think and he just seems like a mean kid mm-hmm. um but it's like yeah like oh shit this is oddly class is coming into this movie and then very quickly <laughs> resolved by hey you won your basketball game it's okay <laughs> yeah yeah hmm. 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's not funny. We need to say stuff that's funny. Oh, Oh, no. One of the things I liked was I feel like uh, 20 years ago, if you had made this movie, they would have gone to the cabin and the kid would have been like, Dad, where's the TV? There's no TV here. Uh-huh. But now when they make it, the kid goes to the cabin and he's like, Dad, what's this old TV doing here? Uh, um, yeah. So it's like technology has, uh-huh. like TV is so ubiquitous now that even the mm-hmm. cabin is going to have it. It's just yeah. not going to have a, yeah. a flat screen TV. Times they keep on changing. Oh man, they really do. Is that an Adam Sandler song or <laughs> who sings that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I do want to mention a couple other cameos. Uh, okay. Tim Harlehy was in this. He was yeah. the pastor. Yeah. I I didn't catch it in the moment, but I saw it in the credits. Um, and Dennis Dugan, the director yeah. of this, was in there too. Was he the co- the referee? I think referee but was he the referee of like the first game that they played maybe I don't know look it up if if you can or I can look it up Um, you know one of the things that I was bummed out on this movie if I haven't said enough was um, I thought the entire movie was going to be at a water park oh yeah you know because that iconic shot of Adam Mm -hmm. Sandler and Kevin James going down the slide I thought it was like, oh, grown-ups, they're going to get like trapped at a... I don't know, like, imagine... Uh, I don't know what movie takes place in a water park, but imagine if Die Hard had taken place in a water park, and Ooh. instead of Bruce Willis, you had Adam Sandler, Kevin James, David Spade, <laughs> Rob Schneider, and Chris they're, Rock. They're all playing the role. Yeah, that would have been a really cool movie. Yeah. We keep coming up with really good yeah, we do. grown-ups movies. <laughs> yeah, they should keep making them. <laughs> Um, oh, Adam Sandler's wife is in this. Yeah, I saw that too somewhere. She's in the in the basketball game with. Okay. I think his children are actually in the game too. Yeah. When the I guy think comes so. over and he's like, he eats his daughter's cannoli, and his wife and Adam Sandler's oh, wife says, "Did you just eat your daughter's cannoli?" Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Going through the notes. Yep, just taking a quick look here. Um, I have a little piece of trivia. Let's hear it. Uh, originally, uh, the role of Kevin James was supposed to be played by Chris Farley. Oh. Yep. How long has this movie been in production? They wrote it in the 90s. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I imagine it was a fairly different version. Yeah. Like, imagine 90s Adam Sandler, and all the rest of the same people, but old, I think the premise, old friends go to a cabin. I bet it was a lot more, like, rambunctious. Like, yeah. what kind of wacky hijinks are these boys going to get mm-hmm. up to? Whereas in this one, it was like, oh, well, they all have families. They're almost, they're like spoofing that they're old. There's a part where David Spade is like trying to hand out shots to everybody, and everybody's like, oh, we don't really drink that way anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I'm going to get drunk. Because he's single, everyone else has a family, they're all grown up. Is that where the name comes from? (laughs) It comes from that scene. They're like, we're the grown-ups, David Spade. Aren't we the grown-ups now? Yeah, but, um, but, so they're kind of make, yeah, so they're not, they're not wild anymore. They're just kind of like dads. Yeah. (laughs) They're not even, there's a little bit of where they like, yeah, I find that interesting. They're, the movie's sort of, 
way it navigates like yeah we're just we don't really we'll go to a water park and we're, we like to get together and play cards and stuff but our wild days are behind us except for David Spade who's still single and a little bit more uh, holding on well he, even they're not even saying he's holding on to anything yeah <laughs> there's no like intervention of way. like David yeah. Spade you need to get your life together it's just there's a, yeah there's a little bit where they're like someday I think I think it is uh Maya Rudolph maybe says someday you'll meet a woman and settle down but even that seems like she's making a joke yeah because <laughs> he's not because it's he's not going to he has no interest in or that. they don't yeah. or they don't care they're almost just like making a joke pointing out that that would be a thing that someone might say but yeah 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 it was yeah i felt like his because his character is the most nostalgic and it kind of yeah. makes sense because he's the one who if you're thinking about life as following these certain steps you know and you get yeah. married and you have a kid and you mm-hmm. have a steady job and stuff he's the one who's avoided it so i did think it was interesting that's like not only has he avoided that life but he's also very nostalgic for the old life and i think yeah. wants it more than a lot of people and any, any of his friends yeah i didn't even get much like the rest of them aren't even longing for anything yeah I didn't think. like they're reminiscent they're about life but not they're reminiscent about like oh we used to have a coach but yeah they're like happy that they seem like they're more or less i don't know there's little bits where i don't know they have their lives are not problem free but they are seem more or less fine with where they're at yeah but he, he seemed a little bit like he missed the way they used to be but everybody else i think is like no and we're happy to get together in this yeah. cabin and sit in our chairs yeah it's a very crack with each other yeah i think it could have been a lot more heavy-handed to kind of make Mm -hmm. the argument that like oh people who don't move on the way that everyone is supposed to move on Mm -hmm. they are sad and they miss life and something's wrong with them yeah Yeah. and i think and i'm glad it wasn't yeah me too i i think it definitely could have also leaned more toward the side of like nothing's wrong at all like he's not you know super nostalgic or anything for it he just uh, like likes his yeah. life as it is now but i think i'm very glad that they didn't uh yeah go overboard I, with i'm that. picturing another movie where they all get together and they do they all get wasted i feel like this would be the movie that most other filmmakers would make they all get totally wasted and go on some wild adventure yeah and then it, but that looks like a lot of fun and also very irresponsible mm-hmm. and then the moral of the story though would be like Oh, you're you got to be a grown-up now. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I feel like that that's almost the more the Judd Apatow, which I like his movies, but I do that does seem to be the message a lot. Yeah. Um yeah. and uh I I'm glad that it didn't really do that. Yeah. <laughs> either. For sure, yeah. Um I have we've mentioned some of the different plot points. Um, one of them that I think might be, other than the basketball game, it's probably the most significant plot throughout the movie, mm-hmm. is um, Kevin James falls on a bird. Okay. And then they um, they take care of the bird, and then it recovers and it flies away. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Which I uh, mentioned that plot point <laughs> as a segue into another point that I want to make, uh, which is just that... I felt like a lot of this 
movie was not super structured. It was just kind of like we're going to yeah. have a weekend spent together mm-hmm. and we'll like talk and you know learn lessons and have fun mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that. But there wasn't like um a plot. No. Not yeah. really. Yeah. There's the basketball game. There's the scene on the dock where various stories kind of conclude. Uh but yeah, there isn't like None of those are driving factors. And I thought the movie would go more towards... And I actually liked this, too. They didn't do this. But I thought the movie would be more toward, like, building up against the show-off with our old rivals. Right, yeah. And that would be, like, a dramatic scene. But even when they get to the basketball game, like, nobody playing, like, cares that much. Nope. (laughs) They're all grown-ups. Yeah. (laughs) That's where the movie comes from. But, uh... uh, Yeah, it was really nice. No, they're all, like, they're all just, like, eh, we'll play, like, a game. And, yeah, Colin Quinn challenges them a few times. I'm not sure how we're supposed to read that exactly. It was almost like they knew that, like, oh, yeah, we'll have the old rival challenge them. And then they're like, I don't know. How serious is this? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> when they're making the movie. And then the end result is, no, nobody, not only are the filmmakers not taking the basketball game seriously, the characters in the fictional movie universe are also not really taking the game seriously. Yeah. Except maybe Colin Quinn. Yeah. Um, but he's probably just like, just a competitive guy. Yeah. Just That's why sad, uh, sad it man. just happens all the time. Like, every time he sees like a group of people together, he's like, I challenge you to yeah. a basketball hey, game. Hey, when are you guys, uh, when are you guys <laughs> playing basketball through around 1975 to 1985 by chance? Any of you? What's your net, what school did you go to? <laughs> I just want to see if I played you. Did I beat you? Yeah. So that's how he gets his life satisfaction. So joke's on you, Adam Sandler's character. He does this uh, every year. (laughs) This one was not important to him. He played a lot of games. He will forget. And he challenges everybody. Yeah. Yeah, It does not matter. I remember you guys. We played basketball. It's like, yeah, we played basketball last year. It's like, what? Your phone is on the line. Yeah. I wanted to say one more thing. This is going back to something earlier you mentioned. You're talking about Chris Rock's humor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, And we were talking about different people's humor. One of the things I was struck by is kind of how wholesome Adam Sandler's humor is when they're doing that ribbing. You know, when they're making fun of each other, Mm -hmm. Adam Sandler's uh, just seems really nice. Like, I don't just. I guess wholesome, yeah, is, is how I would describe it. Um, the one joke I remember that he makes about Chris Rock is Chris Rock's Chris Rock gets him on something. I can't remember what it, mm-hmm. what it is. And then uh, Adam Sandler's character says, well, yeah, you look like uh, Michael Vick if he was bulimic, meaning you look like a skinny Michael Vick. Um, and, yeah, there was just nothing remotely edgy I felt like about most of the mm-hmm. lines that Adam Sa- that I think Adam Sandler was probably coming up with on the spot mm-hmm. um, and I just yeah found again really fascinated by that idea of just like let's all do our you know humor and like make mm-hmm. fun of each other and let's see what happens mm-hmm. um, yeah well the buzzer's about to sound do you uh, oh, yeah. have any last shots to make Wow, that was good. Thanks. Um, just another, just another thing I read on IMDb, I guess. Let's uh, hear it. That's the only thing left in my notes. 
Let's hear which it. It's just uh, the casting of Sel- Selma Hayek. Yeah. Uh, the studio didn't want her in the movie, but Adam Sandler already cast her. And according to IMDb, they wanted someone less ethnic. Whoa. And he said, I already cast her, and also, I'm not going to make the movie without her. Which both seems like a. Which kind of seems like something that would happen in a later period Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like, no, I am the voice of reason. I am the good guy. <laughs> We're not doing it without her. But, yeah, I don't know. There's truth in fiction, I suppose. Damn. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if that story is true, which it probably is, uh, it's just amazing that, that uh, studios are still, like, like 2010 studio still yeah, like fuck them man we need like a wider person in this yeah. movie yeah for sure we're thinking about Jennifer Aniston here yeah right in every one of your movies yeah <laughs> just alternate between Jennifer and Drew Barrymore it's gonna yeah, be fine right. yeah. they're both great actresses but man that's oh, super sure. fucked yeah, up but absolutely yeah 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 fucking hey huh yeah, yeah, see, like, that's that's something we haven't ever really talked about. Is like, we we talk a lot about like the in the in film, um, you know, racism, sexism, transphobia, yeah, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but there's like another, to me, way more insidious kind of um, bias uh-huh. that's going on, you know, behind the scenes behind where the it's scenes, like, for sure, oh, yeah. no, 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 don't put her in. You know, yeah. we, we want to look like PC and we want to like follow the yeah. like, you know, this like, this is how people should behave. But like behind closed doors, let's not put anyone that looks too ethnic in the movie. Yeah. Um, so damn. Yeah. Super fucking cool for, for, uh, for him to, to stand up. Stand and, his ground. Yeah. Stand yeah. his ground on so that. Stand up. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. But that's all I got. Well, this is the podcast episode where we fall in love with Adam Sandler. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen. I've watched 21 of his movies. Yeah, now, or, or we're headed remember. down the hill. And yeah. <laughs> it's just a joyride from here on out. <laughs> this man is an auteur. <laughs> yeah. He has conviction. For sure, yeah. Well, what everybody going into this is probably like, oh, they're just gonna like crap all over the movie. Surprise! Yeah, we had some nice things to say. Now, my, yeah, and my favorite thing, uh, my favorite thing would be if this is true, is if all of the other podcasts that have done this before have followed a similar arc, <laughs> where they start off yes. like, "Fuck this guy," which I think we tried to resist <laughs> tried that very not much. To, but <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then you I, get to a point where it's like, fuck, this guy's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wins you over. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Adam Sandler charm? Yeah. <laughs> it is not Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> it may be that. We'll find out if we do, like, uh, uh, I won't I won't talk Someone shit about any other, but somebody else who has... Somebody a, else, Yeah. yeah. Who some who who some might say is bad. Yeah, some. Yeah. 
Wait, our Nickelback podcast. Maybe that oh, that yeah. feels. That's I feel like safe. I can say that. Yeah, that's not. People I don't want to hurt anybody's before. feeling. Yeah. yeah, they Nickelback has skin, like just it's leather. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not just from uh, drinking. Right. Are these Nickelback the lyrics? <laughs> I got skin like leather. It's it ain't not made just from, from drinking. The drinking. Yeah. <laughs> but this is how you remind me. <laughs> All right. Well, Justin, would you recommend Grown Ups? Man, I was going to come into this with a hard no. I still would probably say no, but it's a lot softer of a no. I think if you are listening to this and haven't watched Grown Ups and still want to watch a movie we told you everything happened in, um, and you're interested in kind of like the behind the scenes kind of stuff, like meta, I have meta reasons for su- for recommending it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the, yeah, like dad stuff is super cool. Yes. Yeah. Thinking about Adam Sandler as a, <laughs> as a filmmaker and, uh-huh. you know, as someone who's, who's doing this work and his trajectory, I think mm-hmm. it's a super, super cool thing. And it's a good reason mm-hmm. to watch this movie. Um, if you're just watching it to like have a good time and watch a fun uh-huh. movie, uh, there are definitely other Adam Sandler movies to watch. Yeah. Although, again, yeah. another kind of meta reasons, but like comedy and, you know, we talked about in Funny People how like that's a, there's a lot of really cool like stand-up and, and mm-hmm. comedy stuff just happening mechanically in that film. Mm-hmm. I think this is another film where that's happening, although not nearly as cool as Funny People in that regard. Um, but there's some interesting things going on with, you know, five comedians hanging out in scenes together and, and making jokes. Um so man I'm really on the fence but I would probably still just say if it comes down to just watching it for the fun of it there are other movies to watch so yeah. it does not make my top two Adam Sandler films okay yeah <laughs> yeah no same that would be exactly what I'd say I'd say there are yeah the meta reasons to recommend it like to understand the scope if you're interested in like the evolution of Adam Sandler as a yeah. filmmaker and just like all that stuff then you, I think, yeah, recommend it. If you, honestly, if you want just to see a movie where, like, some of your faves are hanging out and your faves happen to be Adam Sandler, uh, Kevin James, uh, and and crew, uh, then I could recommend it. But if you're just like, I want to watch, like, a gut-busting comedy or something, I've never seen an Adam Sandler movie. I've heard Grown Ups is popular. <laughs> Uh, then I can't recommend it because again, yeah, there's probably yeah. other ones to watch that are funnier or. What would you recommend as stories. a gutbuster? An Adam Sandler gutbuster. Yeah. I think the one that I've enjoyed so, the most that we've watched is Happy Gilmore. Yeah. I think that's a. I think that's a gutbuster. Yeah, I liked it. I actually liked it better than Billy Madison. That really, uh, that was interesting because having watched those movies as teenagers not really watched them and yeah I guess like 15 years after that uh, I would have said that Billy Madison was my favorite yeah but uh watching them both I felt like Happy Gilmore I liked it better that's fair I would say Billy Madison is still my favorite but I'm okay. stunted so it's mm-hmm. it makes sense just, just like Billy Madison exactly yeah you need to go I like how he go goes to, to school, school good oh shit yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that, uh, that'll wrap it up for us. Um, we, uh, as, as always, if you want to get in contact with us, you can, uh, send an email to 
four, the number four, the letters AS, and then podcast at gmail.com. That's 4ASpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on podcast apps, which is probably where you found this episode. Um, there are more of those uh, that you can uh, listen to if you liked this one. Uh, I don't know how long this one is, but I can tell you the other ones are about this long, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yep. boy. Yeah. Yeah, all Make right. content. We are, man. <laughs> it's for the quarantine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we got we to gotta double the time on all this We shit. were doing all of this for, yeah. for the quarantine. We were like, man, something's going to hit, and people are going to need hours mm-hmm. worth of content on mm-hmm. Adam Sandler movies. So, mm-hmm. you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. It's no longer we're sorry, it's you're welcome. Yes. All right. Uh, did you want to play that little tune you came up with to send us out or No. Okay. Well, that's fine. Maybe next no, time. I don't um this time. Okay. Well, uh until next time we just uh, hope you guys stay safe out there. And if you're thinking about, um, you know, not quarantining and not social distancing and not washing off uh, the food you buy and uh, not wearing masks when you're in public, we hope that you guys instead will think twice and just be grown-ups. Oh. I hate myself. All right. Right away they started on a family Three smart kids popped out of mom's tummy But then one Stevie night dad forgot to wear his ring